coming up on today's episode of the Hey Girlfriend podcast. When parents treat you like that, they you don't learn to hate them. You learn to hate yourself. And self-hate is taught. We're trying to love ourselves through someone else. We're trying to gain self-love through the validation of others loving us. It's not so much as parents like, oh, love yourself telling you that. It's how they treat you. If they treat you like someone that they love and care about and that you're special, you're going to internalize that and realize, oh, I am special. I am lovable. I am worth it. You're going to realize that. And you're going to internalize that. Instead, we internalize self-hate. You're looking for that external validation. And so that's what I was looking for. And that's why I say self-love for women like us is not just a easy road. These title issues are familiar to how I was in my upbringing. I thought that it was necessary to earn love in order for it to be real love. When you're going through something, sometimes it helps to know that there is someone out there that understands you and what you're actually going through. It makes the healing journey a little easier. The creator of the I've Been That Girl social media community that currently has a growing number of followers and dearly known as girlfriends brings to you the Hey Girlfriend podcast. Tune in every Thursday to hear conversations that are honest, vulnerable, empathetic, and relatable Hosted by author and mindset and intuitive coach, Kendall D. These conversations are sure to empower you with more clarity and understanding about your own healing journey. Every episode will include Kendall sharing intimate parts of her personal healing journey, from surviving toxic relationships to healing trauma to unlearning old conditioning and thinking patterns. Consider yourself now having a friend by your side that just gets you. Hey, girlfriends. Welcome back to another episode of the Hey Girlfriend Podcast. I'm your host, Kendall D. And today we're going to be talking about self-love for women like us. And you may be thinking, well, some of you may be thinking, like, you know, what does that mean for women like us? So what it basically means is that self-love is not the easiest for everyone and I feel like a lot of people that haven't been where we've been what we've been and what we've been through don't fully understand why we may have a hard time loving ourselves and so that's what this is for like because a lot of us didn't have the same upbringings a lot of us have been through different shit a lot of us has had a lot of toxic relationships a lot of us has just really been through it and we're trying to love ourselves, but it's hard to love yourself when you feel depleted of love. And when you feel depleted of love, like maybe you didn't get enough during your upbringing or enough emotional support during your upbringing, then it's hard to grasp what self-love is and how to actually do it. You know, so this is for women like us that are perhaps trying to love ourselves we're trying to go down that path. We're trying to figure out what that means and how to do it. And this is what this is going to be about. I'm going to actually explain to you how to do it. And of course, as always, I'm going to give my own personal story and let you know that what I've been through, for those that don't know, if you follow me on my Instagram and you've been following me for some time just overall, even watching these YouTube videos 
or listening to me on my now podcast is on Spotify, which is fairly new, so you may not know. Never mind. I only got like three episodes on there. But anyway, what I'm saying is that I'm going to give my own journey with self-love so that you can, you know, realize that there's people, women particularly, out there like you. Like, I've been through it. I've been through all of that. And if you read my book, Toxic X Chronicles, which is right there. If you read that, then a lot of y'all was just shaking your head at me like, girl, Lee, what, this and that. Because for those that don't know, I first got my start on Facebook. And I was posting my um, my story there. And then everybody was like, this needs to be a book, needs to be a book. And I said, you know what, let me just stop posting so much here turn into a book and sell it like that so everyone can read it as a whole and that's what i did so yeah fix this shirt y'all don't mind me I'm trying to wear something different and <laughs> i'll try to make sure my titties don't slip out excuse me i think it's fine whatever it's just me just it's fine i thought it was anyway <laughs> back to what i was saying so yeah. Uh, what was I saying? This is going to be a very, I think, emotional episode for some because I'm really going to get to the root of why we may have a hard time loving ourselves and what's going on with us. And I just want to be that empathetic ear because I'm like, like I said, so many people, I feel like just don't get it. They think the answer, the easy answer is, oh, just love yourself. Just love yourself. Don't you think we would be doing that if we could? Don't you think we're trying to do that? Don't you think we're trying to figure out? Do you think we want to be in these bad relationships? No. So I'm going to tell you how to actually do it. And it's a little bit of a different process than it would be for probably anyone else. Because ours is special. But without further ado, check my hair. I'm going to get into it, y'all. The hair is bouncing, y'all. I just have to say that. It's, I just washed it and got it ready for today so I can do a video. Because I'm like, I ain't did a video in a minute. Everybody see my face. So let me do a video. So the hair is, just, I'm just looking in the camera like it's just fluffing. Even my husband was like, yeah, I see. It's really, it's really bouncy. I'm like, yeah, you notice. <laughs> okay, I got to have a little fun before I get into some deep shit. But you know me. And y'all. If you hear my dogs barking, oh my gosh, they're so embarrassing. Don't mind them. It's like I can't stop every few minutes to tell them to be quiet, sit down. They hear every little noise. They just want to bark. Everything, they just bark at everything. So if you hear it, act like you don't hear it. Because I'm acting like I don't hear it and keep going, okay? Okay, got that out of the way. Because I heard them on one of my other podcasts. I'm like, oh my gosh, they just loud. But I'm not editing it now because I was saying some real shit during that time. So I just act like I didn't hear them. Yeah, I like y'all don't hear them. If you got dogs, you understand. That they gonna do what they wanna do. And plus, I like them to warn me sometimes just in case there's something going on. But usually it's nothing. Don't mind them. But um, let's get into what this all means. So I I didn't take a lot of notes. I took a few notes of some things I want to say, but I just really want to speak from the heart on this. Because this is very, very near and dear to me. Because it's like, I get it. Like, I really didn't have an idea of what self-love was back then. 
I'm like, I didn't even know it was a thing. I didn't know anything about self-worth. None of that. I'm like, so what's that? And I'm going to tell you why. I guess I'm going to go ahead and get into my personal story. And then I'll get into how I, you know, resolved all of that. So, for me, I grew up in a household that didn't have a lot of free love flowing through it. And I didn't realize it then. I did, as a child, you don't realize those type of things. You don't realize that you're not getting the love you need. You know, you just start to think it's normal. And it's because you trust your parents. You know, you trust that they're doing right by you. You trust that what they're saying is right. You trust that how they're treating you is right. You know, you think it's okay. And even if you don't think it's okay, you really don't have a choice but to stay in that environment. And not to mention, you start to kind of be conditioned from it. And so, with me, my household was was toxic. I was trying to think of another word for that, but it was toxic. And my parents fought a lot. I remember my dad was in and out the house a lot. I remember weekends he wouldn't come home. And I remember seeing my mom distraught about it, but she never really acted like she was. Like she kind of tried to hide it. And I remember how she treated me. I was going to say us, but I'm going to make this about me because I can't speak for my sisters. Although she treated all of us, you know, pretty bad. And um, my mom is not what well, was not a very loving person. She was not very emotionally available. Um, I was yelled at a lot, um, talked about a lot, never really heard I love you. I've ne I never heard that growing up. Never got a hug, never was just told good things about me, never was, I was never affirmed, never just love for who I am. I found myself trying to earn her love. Like, keep in mind, I didn't realize this as a child. So, I just want to keep that in mind here. But, I didn't realize it. But, I would try to earn her love. Like, I knew that she wanted the house cleaned a certain way. So, I would sometimes volunteer to, to just well, take the initiative, like she would say, to clean my room. And the reason why I say is that she would say, with quotation marks like that, it's because she would literally get mad at us if we didn't clean up without her having to tell us to you should take the initiative and just do it and this and that and always fussing out this and that it's like her problems were always our problems i work hard come home and yeah the house ain't clean it needs to be clean da, 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 da. it was just like hell it really was and i felt like my mom hated me i'm just gonna be honest I felt like she, every time I say that, <laughs> oh, I'm tearing up a little bit. Every time I say that, I feel like I tear up because I'm like, to realize that, to feel like you are hated just for being a kid. Like, I knew I didn't deserve that. Well, I know now, but yeah, I felt like, give me a moment. <sighs> I'm glad I didn't put on much eye makeup. 
Give me a moment. But yeah, I felt like she hated me. And I just felt like she hated me and my mom. I just didn't feel any love whatsoever. Ever. And every now and then, I would. Every now and then, she would act like she was happy to be my mom. Every now and then, she would tell me that I look cute. Like, after she had just done my hair or something. Like, it was every now and then. And so, can you imagine as a child being so confused and trying to get that every now and then all the time? And I wanted to run away so many times. It was just... And I thought this was so normal. And it saddens me because... And it saddens me because... That's the hard part of healing, is realizing that the shit you went through, you didn't have to go through. Realizing that the way you was treated, you didn't have to be treated that way. And sometimes I feel like we go out into the world after being in the household like that. We go out into the world thinking that that was normal. And so it reflects in our dating choices. It reflects in the choices we make for ourselves. It affects how we portray ourselves. It affects how we feel about ourselves. Because something so because something that I've learned is that when parents treat you like that, they you don't learn to hate them. You learn to hate yourself. And self-hate is taught. And so that's why self-love for us is hard. It is hard. And I want you to know that it's okay. That if you're having a hard time and you're struggling with it. Sometimes we, we just have to make the best of the cards we were dealt. And, and that sometimes that's hard to do. And which leads me into, I guess, my dating choices now. Because my dating choices after that. I realized now looking back that I really did not want self-love. I really was not studying loving myself. And it's because I really didn't know how to. I just, I didn't really think that I hated myself. But in so many words, I did. I liked how I looked because I came into my look back then. And I started learning how to wear makeup. And I thought I was cute. You know, it was around like 1920. I started dressing a little better after high school. Because in high school, I was made fun of. Never had the popular guy like me. Had low self-esteem all throughout high school. Didn't want to be seen. Didn't hardly have any friends. I had a group of friends, I would say. But most of that was made fun of, bullied. So that was hard. Being bullied at school and coming home and being bullied again. You know? I had no refuge. Refuge. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. And so it was just hard. How in the hell can someone that comes from an environment like that really and truly love themselves you know how and so my dating choices reflected that i didn't really have love for myself i liked how i look like i said i lost a little weight got makeup learned how to do my hair and all this and stuff but yeah and so the first guy i was with i remember it was a long distance relationship i'm not going to bore you with all of my relationships it's going to give you like a synopsis First guy I talked to, um, he was long distance. And I'll never forget, 
when my mom found out I had a boyfriend and was talking to someone, I was like 17, going on 18. I wasn't quite 18 yet, and he was older. Um, but it was strictly platonic, and we never had sex until I was of age. So I will say that. It was, no, it was nothing illegal going on. But I remember when my mom found out, she didn't even care about the age. What she said was, I'll never forget, because um, she was arguing with her boyfriend at the time, because he was saying, you know, oh, he doesn't want but one thing and this and that, and he's older and this, and he was just going off. And I'm like, you ain't my daddy, like, stop. And it's not even like that. We're platonic friends. I didn't say that, but I'm like, we're friends. And my mom argued with him, was like, well, at least she ain't gay. Fuck. And I'm like, what if I was? And she said that. It was just puzzling me. Because I'm like, so all this time she thought I was gay? And it's because I became a loner who wouldn't going through that kind of childhood. I became a loner. My parents divorced when I was like 13. And so they split up and I was living with my mom. Even though it was toxic, I didn't want to live with my dad because I didn't feel like that was my home home. I wanted to stay what I was used to. And maybe it was some Stockholm syndrome going on. I don't know. But I wanted to stay with my mom. She got a little better after the divorce. A little better. And so. And she said, you know, at least she's not gay. And I'm just like. I didn't say anything back. Because you better not dare say anything back to a black mama especially. So I didn't say anything back. But I'm just thinking like. Damn. So am I really that. That much of a loner. That much with just. I can't even think of the words, but I'm just thinking to myself, like, so you really thought I was gay because I wasn't dating or similarly talking to you about boys or whatnot. Because my little sister, she had a little boyfriend, and my older sister always had, like, some kind of gay friend. And I didn't. I was always just loner. But I took the conditioning and upbringing probably the hardest or in a different way than them. I took it hard. I'm already an emotional person. I was a quote-unquote crybaby growing up. And she was emotionally unavailable. So, of course, I was told to shut up a lot. I was talked down upon a lot, called names a lot because of how I cried and because of how I reacted to things and because I was sensitive. And so, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to just come into myself and just be introverted. Why would I be around that? Why would I just no, you know, so I, that was my that was how I survived, I guess, so to speak. And so. When she said that, you know, it just kind of posed me. But anyway, my first boyfriend, I guess she was kind of happy for me for it. But then she realized that it was a long distance type of thing. And he was in and out. But I still liked him. was still trying to talk to him. And, yeah, and she used to get mad at me because she like, every time that nigga come to town, you jump and go see him. When he ain't heard from him and all that. And I'm just like... I couldn't say it and mouth the words then and figure it out, but I'm like, I just want somebody that likes me. And he liked me even though it was up and down. But that wasn't even really a toxic relationship. But that ended up ending, um, not working out because he didn't really want to commit me, but scared of it. And he lived, he didn't live here. He lived um, in Chicago, so that didn't work out. And then fast forward, talked to some other guys in between, but then... I, made, I found myself in two toxic relationships back to back. And I realized in both of them, I just really wanted someone to want me. I really wanted to belong to someone. I really wanted to just feel a connection. I thought that having someone 
would take the place of self-love, so to speak. And that's because I was taught that. I was like, women like us that grew up like that, whether yours was similar to mine or not quite similar, but if you felt depleted of love growing up, women like us, what happens is that as we age and we get older, we've been conditioned to look for love and everything we need externally. We don't know how to find any of that internally. And it's because we were raised like that. If you were conditionally loved, meaning only shown love or whatever from your caregivers, if you did something right or if you were perfect or, or whatever, only shown love then. That means it's conditionally. We weren't taught how to find that within because of how they treat us. And it's not so much as parents like, oh, love yourself telling you that. It's how they treat you. If they treat you like someone that they love and care about and that you're special, you're going to internalize that and realize, oh, I am special. I am lovable. I am worth it. You're going to realize that. And you're going to internalize that. Instead, we internalize self-hate. And it was taught to us. And so that's what we feel. And so instead, what we know we won't love, but we're going to look for it externally. We're going to look for it in other people. We're going to believe the love bombing. That's something else I want to get on into because, y'all, <laughs> my last ex, he did some love bombing. But something that I realized is that he told me a lot of things I've never heard before. I never heard that, oh, you're so beautiful. Oh, I want you. Oh, you're perfect. Oh, you're perfect for me. Oh, I want to marry you. Um, I've never felt this way by anybody. You know, I've never been chosen like that before, especially by someone like him. Like he was very attractive. I've never been chosen like that before. So you're damn right. I'm going to fall for that. And just like with you, like if you fell for that, who wouldn't in your case, who would not fall for that? Who would not be swept off their feet if you always wanted love? And so think about it. When you really, really want love, that's what you're going to you're going to go for something like that. You're looking for that external validation. And so that's what I was looking for. And that's why I say self-love for women like us is not just a easy road. Because it's unlearning the self-hate. And it's unlearning all the conditioning and reconditioning. You know, it's just not, oh, love yourself. Don't choose men that don't love you. Or don't choose partners that don't love you. Okay, duh. And so, Yeah. That was relationship with toxic all through my 20s. That's it was just straight up toxic. And I stayed because for one, it was a trauma bond. And for two, I kept hoping to get the person from the beginning back. I now that I'm thinking about it, that's really what it was. I kept hoping to get who they were in the beginning back, the love bummy back. And thinking that, you know, I seen a glimpse of that, that's what I want. And so, yeah, I stuck around for that. Even due to bad treatment. And something else I want to point out is that when you've been treated that way, like this, these kind of relationships are familiar to how I was in my upbringing. Conditional love, um, ups and downs, you know, trying to earn love. I remember trying to earn love from my, from my mom and whatnot. And so I thought that it was necessary to earn love. 
in order for it to be real love, in order for them to love me. Because it's the same dynamic. And so here I was in these relationships trying to earn their love and their act right, so to speak. Trying to, you know, I was, I was taking the behavior, that, how they treated me personally. I was taking the, um, the gaslighting, the manipulation, the mistreatment. I was taking it all personally because I had been used to being treated that way. And so when you're used to being treated that way, you're not going to think it's so bad when you're in it. You're going to think, okay, I just got to work a little bit harder to get them to love me. And so all the times you hear people saying, oh, you just got to love yourself and get out of there. You don't love yourself enough to get out of there. Of course we don't. We were never taught that. We're trying to love ourselves through someone else. We're trying to gain self-love through the validation of others loving us. If I can get this person to love me, that means I can now love myself because someone else loves me. And what it basically is, is that you're trying to fill the voids and wounds. You're trying to heal those wounds that were left there from your upbringing. And it's like you're trying to redo the whole scenario. You're trying to redo it and have a different ending than what you had in your childhood. And so you're like, okay, if I could just get this right, I bet if I could just make them love me, let me just do a little more. Let me just show them that I'm loyal. Let me just show them that I'm there. Let, them, let me just show them how good of a woman I am. Because I knew that I was a good woman, but I like, I just got to show them so they can believe it and they can treat me better. And maybe I can earn some of that love that they showed me in the beginning and get them to really see that, you know, they can change for me, that I'm good. It's the same damn thing I did in my upbringing. The same damn thing. And we don't realize that when we're in it. We're just doing what feels right. It's like those relationships are home to us. So self-love is not in any of that. But we're thinking we can gain the self-love. And we're thinking that's the way to do it. Because honestly, that was the way it should have been done during your upbringing. It should have been someone pouring to you unconditionally so that you can feel good about yourself and have you know high self-regard high self-appreciation high self-love high self-worth high self-esteem someone you know that you trust and care which would have been your parents should have been pouring that into you so you can feel that and then exude that and then you can tell yourself okay i know this is not right so let me remove myself and i want to also note that this can happen to you even if you had a decent upbringing. You can't find yourself in toxic relationships. And it can be different reasons why. I feel like if you were someone that had what I call an ugly duckling phase. And let me explain that. Because I had that on top of all the other things in my childhood. But I see some that didn't really have a bad upbringing. But they maybe went through a stage in their life where they didn't feel like they belonged. Or they didn't feel like they loved themselves because they were the ugly duckling. And no one really ever poured into them. No one ever really said any nice things about them. And so they were missing that but wanting it. And you know you may not know how to come to your parents and say mom I feel like I'm ugly. No one cares about me. You know we may have not had that type of relationship with our parents. Even though they may have loved you and cared about you. But you may have dealt with that on your own. Anything you've dealt with on your own can be traumatizing. And so therefore you may have had a good 
relationship with your parents, unlike I did. You may have had a good upbringing, a decent one, but you may have went to that phase. Bullied in high school or in school, anything, or maybe had, like me, I was more, I was always plus size, but back then I felt like me not knowing how to dress or how to look cute and not having the best clothes just made me feel even uglier being plus size. So I went through my little ugly stage and it was lonely, very, very lonely. I mean, I'm seeing all these love movies, romantic movies, seeing all my friends and relationships. I wanted that and I never got it. And so then when I finally was old enough to decide how I want to dress, can work on my weight a little bit, work on my makeup a little bit. And, and I started getting attention. I didn't know what the hell to do with all that attention. And I didn't know how to decipher which was real and which was not because I was not used to getting it. So it was like no boundaries. Bring it all to me, you know? So I just want to throw that in there for anyone like that. That can be hard to love yourself if you went through a phase of where you really hated yourself and you're still trying to get used to the attention and used to loving yourself. And sometimes people can start off really great in the beginning. They can start off really great and act like they like you and love you and then it just goes to shit. But you're stuck on that really great in the beginning. And so it's hard to understand how someone can just switch like that. And... That party that's wounded still is craving that and wanting that and you think you can get it from them. So, I just wanted this to, you know, also resonate with those women. Because a lot of people are like, well, I had a pretty decent upbringing. But it can happen to anyone. And so, oh, I didn't know that was going to be that emotional for me, y'all. Forgive me. Because <laughs> if you're listening to this, you probably don't understand why I had the pauses in the middle. But I had to get myself together. I was tearing up. Just like every time I say, I feel like my mom hated me. I just, whoo, so do something to me, especially talking like this. But I was not trying to tear up on here, but yeah. So how do you recondition yourself? How do you learn to love yourself? How do you get through all this? And to be honest, those toxic relationships, it's what really grew me up. It's what influenced me to take a deep dive on myself, on my life, and see what is going on. Like, why am I picking people like this? I know I want love, but why am I settling for love like this? Why am I getting hurt like this? What is going on? And I knew it couldn't be all their fault. Like, oh, men just ain't shit. And it's just, oh, they're all ain't shit. I knew it wasn't that. Because I've seen glimpses of real love and maybe different relationships I maybe saw in my personal life from different people. Or maybe things I saw on TV or whatever. I knew it can be something better than that. And I now realized that I was also picking men that act like my dad. Like it was just like the emotional part came from my mom and who I actually decided to be with. Were men that acted like my dad and yeah and so I had to kind of do away with what I was conditioned to believe do away what I was conditioned to feel think all of that and I started developing myself and I basically reparented myself and how I did that I Became the parent I needed growing up. 
and becoming her i'm still becoming her and it's still a big part of my journey now it's still something that i feel i have to do at all times and i feel like it's okay i don't feel like it's something that you just stop doing because honestly you're all your god like there's no one that's going to show up for you and tell you how to do things or how to be it's now you you're the adult so I am reparenting to myself. I am my own parent. And I sometimes if my inner child tries to come up, you know, because she's always there, she may not be as wounded, but it may be some still some soft spots there. My higher self, which is the, the self that I used to parent myself, parents her and tells her, like, talks her through things. Like whenever I have moments of um, self where I'm comparing myself to others, moments of, well, I'm feeling a little unworthy and, and just life in general about certain things, like my career path, other things not to do with just love. I use my higher self, which is the self that I parent with, to parent her. And so that's what I'm going to get into is how you recondition yourself, how you work with yourself through this, how you gain self-love internally instead of looking for it outwardly. Because no one can replace the love that you should be giving yourself. Now, I don't like to say that until you love yourself, no one can love you. Yes, someone can love you while you're learning to love yourself. And I feel like that if you get to a certain place on your self-love journey, you're able to recognize when someone is genuine and wants to love you. And they can help you with, your, with you on that journey. But it's still coming from you. Like You can be on that journey and still find love. But I will say this, if you haven't started your journey, if you're not really, don't really have any self-love for yourself, then anyone that comes into your life that's trying to love you, it'll be hard for you to receive because you won't feel it's true. And you'll be still thinking that I have to earn this. Why is this person loving me and I haven't earned it? So once you get to a certain level, then I feel like then, yes, you can have someone come into your life and love you while you're learning to love yourself. You really can. You can meet someone while you're healing because honestly, you're always going to be healing. I'm realizing that like it's not as hard and as tough, but you're always going to have to dig up them tools that you've learned on your healing journey and use it because life is always life you know. And so that's something else I wanted to point out. But um, my next podcast actually will be on healing within a relationship. That was, I had these two as um, a survey or a poll, I should say, on my Instagram, which I do every Saturday because I usually record these on like Saturday and Sunday. So I put that on my Instagram in the stories on either Friday or Saturday. And I say, which one? And y'all chose this one. But the next one is going to be about healing within a relationship because it's near and dear to my heart too. And I feel like I can really give y'all some hope. I'm excited about that one. I wanted to do that one this time but y'all picked this one so i'm doing it first <laughs> but let's get into the self-love journey girlfriends this is the good part this is the part that's near to my heart and i love we got past the deep hurtful stuff but that was i feel like necessary in order for you to understand that i understand and to understand that it's okay that no matter where you've been you can learn to love yourself no matter what you've been through no matter what you can't undo all that shit. So let's get into it. So number one thing that I've done 
and I still do, that I love that I do, is I develop a true understanding of myself. Like, to me, developing that true understanding of yourself is like, okay, think of it like this. It's kind of like when you meet someone and you want to get to know them. Don't you want to like know everything about them? Don't you want to understand them? Don't you want to get to know them so you feel like you have a connection? It's like that with yourself. It's like, let me tell you something. I love me really flaws and all, y'all. Like, and it's a good feeling. And it makes me smile. That's why I'm smiling from inner ear because I'm like, I know that I got shit I need to work on. But I love the shit that I have to work on. Let me explain because it's just like when I did my self-sabotage um, podcast last week. When I was talking about that, I talked about it a little on, more on my Patreon. Got some more good stuff on there. And I was like, you know, explaining how the ADHD causing me to self-sabotage and how I'm working through it and all that. I love knowing things about me so that I can love me more through it, so to speak. So it's like with you, it could be you understanding why you went through the shit you went through. Why you picked the, the partners that you picked. Why you dealt with the shit that you dealt with. And, you know, understanding where it all comes from. It's like all a part of you. This is you. This is your special journey. Your unique journey. And it made me love myself more because I'm like, girl, you really didn't know any better. Like, girl, look how you, what you've been through. You was trying. And it's okay. And it's like I had to be there with myself because nobody else was coming to do that for me. Nobody else is going to do that for you. Like... It may be a few, like maybe a therapist or a good friend or even someone like me that may be coaching you that can help you get there. But ultimately, it's you doing it for yourself. Like once you grow that understanding with yourself, like it's it just makes everything about you better, I guess. I'm trying to think of the right words, but there's this saying by, I hope I say this name right. Tick not Han that says the more you understand the more you love and that is so true because like the more you understand yourself I take it for yourself I don't think he meant for yourself he may have I, I took that quote out of context or something else and I feel like that can be applied to you like the more you understand you the more you love you like just like the more you maybe understand that ex you understood he had a rough upbringing. You wanted to love him through it and, and show him that you can trust that you can be trusted. And you was trying to get him to open up. It's like do that with yourself. It feels just as good once you really start developing that. And it can hurt, like you see me like tearing up. But I promise you, that pain you will get through it. It's pain that don't last always when you realize it. It's just pain that you need to kind of dig up and then like replant it, so to speak. And it's like, it's kind of like hugging yourself, realizing those things. So I learned about me. I learned why I do the things I do, why I love what I love, all of that. Like, I just realized it's hard to love anything if you don't really understand it, you know? So that's the number one thing I did. Number two, I stopped judging my emotions and judging myself for how I feel. Emotions are neither good or bad. They really are just indicators of things that you're having a response to. It's really just telling a story for you. Even if you're triggered, like I've learned to even like welcome my triggers 
And cause, because what happens is that sometimes when we're triggered or when we feel these emotions, like maybe you've had someone tell you that jealousy is bad, that um, having a negative mindset is bad or having, oh, you know, when someone told you or made you feel like all that is bad, none of it is bad. Anger is not even bad. They're all indications that it's something else going on that you can dive deep and even learn to understand. And so for me, I just really had to become compassionate with myself because I didn't have that growing up. I did not have anyone telling me it's okay when I cried. I didn't have anyone just being there for me emotionally. I had My parents were not emotionally available at all. And so now I've become that for myself. And I've become that for my mom. But that's another story. It's funny, but I'll just say really quick. She's a lot different now. We are close now. But... My mom is the most emotional person I've ever met now. Not the most I've ever met. I'm saying that's that's a little far stretch. She's more emotional now. And I'm like, look at me now trying to mother her the way that I needed to be mothered. But I feel like that woman was there all along. It's just that she was going through a lot of shit and she projected it onto me. She still have her ways. Don't get me wrong. She still have her ways. But we're very much closer than ever. But... I've become who I needed and I love it. Like, y'all, this journey is hard, but I promise you, I promise you can do it. And so that's what you have to do is stop judging your emotions. They're not bad. Say, for example, if you're feeling jealous, that's the time for you to, instead of projecting it, or if you find yourself projecting it, you can, you know, Dive deep on it, then apologize to whoever later if you feel so you must you want to do. But jealousy is not even a bad one. And it can be like, okay, so what's going on with me? That's when you take the moment to say, okay, what's going on with me? Why am I having this reaction to this? And then you can journal it. Or if me, I journal in my head. <laughs> Maybe because I'm an HDH, ADHD person. I don't know. I journal it in my head. I really do. I don't write anything down. I Go through everything in my head, visualize it, map it out. It's like, that's where my brain's always going. But you, you can journal it out if it's easier for you. Do whatever's best for you. But, yeah. Um, work through any of those feelings. Don't count them out. No matter what the feeling is, do not count it out. Triggers are good because you can... That's the opportunity for growth. And accountability. That's the opportunity to see, okay, why am I having this response? What's going on? Okay, is this, this, and this. That's why. That's what it is. And then you can either remove whoever it is that that is causing that trigger. Or you can now handle it and be like, okay, it's not a trigger for me that much anymore. And I get why I had that response. So take the opportunity for to feel all emotions. It is okay. It is okay. It's, I can't reiterate that enough. But... Um, a little more when I was saying that I became the parent I needed is I became more compassionate with myself. Compassion is something that us women really, 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 really need to have for ourselves. You must practice this on a day-to-day basis, damn near. And there's someone that I'm coaching that I'm trying to get her to understand that and it is hard and I tell her I understand it's hard because you know you were always taught that being soft or compassionate was bad so it's a process I'm telling anyone that's been through that it is a process but you have to show it for yourself every day be a little more intentional and realize this is something that this is a big one and realize that your parents didn't know what the hell they were talking about during that 
it's time for you now to adult to realize what's right and what's wrong. And you can now call out the shit that your parents did that was wrong. Maybe as a child, you felt like, oh, it was right and it's my world. I have no choice but to to honor my parents because I think this is right. Because I trust my parents. They're telling me this. So it got to be right. Right? Wrong. Like, my mother was wrong for not being there for me emotionally. She was wrong for calling me a crybaby. She was wrong for not tending to my emotions, no matter how big they were. You know, she just couldn't handle it. So it was more so inadequacy on her part, not mine. And so once I wrapped my brain around that, I was able to be more compassionate. It's like you have to go back and tell yourself and tell the inner child, that was wrong. You were wrong. That wasn't right how you did me. I'm going to do it different and I'm going to love myself through that. And I'm going to be more compassionate because that's what you should have done. And I'm going to be better than you and do that better because I deserve it. All right. It feels good to say that to me, to realize that my parents were wrong. Like, it's, I have to realize that. And it's like, once you undo that, so much more opens up for you. Like, that's all I can say. So much more healing can open up for you because it's like, you can think a certain way, think a new way. You can, yeah, just think a, certain, a different way, a new way. The next thing. I started setting boundaries. So, yes, it's hard to set boundaries, but for people like us, for women like us, I find that it's so important because we sometimes may slip up and find ourselves looking for that external whatever. And sometimes it causes us to not have boundaries because when you have boundaries, we think it's going to keep out what we're trying so hard to come in. But you're soon realize that without boundaries, you're just letting any type of shit in just because you're hoping that it can be what you really want it to be. You're really looking for something in other people that you can't find in yourself. And so not having boundaries causes all that to come in. So this is a really, really big one because for me, I was becoming self-negligent and this was after the toxic relationships. This was me. This was like the last part of my healing journey. Um, last part of me learning self-love, I should say, is doing the boundary thing because I'm like, I didn't quite understand it. And plus I was made to feel wrong for having boundaries as a child. Like one big thing that I remember is that my mom and my sisters always called me mean because I was standoffish. Or because I didn't want to be touched all the time. Because I didn't want to be in the group settings all the time. Because I was just more so a sit, I sit back and observe even as a child. Like I didn't go and play with everybody. I didn't want everybody picking me up. I had an uncle that loved to pick me up. Rest his heart. Rest, his, rest, in, rest in peace. I love him dearly now. But I was just scared. Every picture I see of him holding me. I'm just falling out crying. Like no put me down. And. Nobody ever came to rescue me. My parents never said anything. They're like, oh, that's your uncle. You be all right. But my boundary was, I don't know you real. Or even if I do know you, I don't want you holding me right now. I want to be to myself. I'll decide if I want to come to you. And, you know, that was never really taught to me. And so from a young age, I was taught to believe that having boundaries made you mean. Having boundaries made you selfish. And so... That was that can be hard for any woman like us, anybody that's like us that's been through that. And so 
that was a process is learning boundaries and I started realizing that okay is once again it's like the people that have a problem with my boundaries they're the ones that's wrong they're the ones that's selfish they're the ones that think they can have any kind of access to me just because they're them and that's selfish that's wrong that is wrong and so you see how the the mindset switch works in here that's why I'm a mindset coach because I'm like y'all y'all are just one mindset switch away from on your path to being better and healing and so yes I started realizing that I have to set boundaries and the people that love you, they're going to respect your boundaries. The people that was just out for themselves, they may love you, but I feel like everyone is in a different place on their healing journey, so to speak. Some people may still think boundaries means disloyalty or selfishness. And so they may not have boundaries for themselves. And so if they don't have boundaries, they expect you to not have boundaries for yourself. And so, yeah. You have to set boundaries for yourself, especially if you're learning how to love yourself because someone can come in and wreck all that shit up. Okay? So I'm just being keeping it real. Like, for women like us, we have to learn boundaries. We have to say no sometimes. We have to realize what's right for us. And that's what boundaries really are. It's not really about keeping people out, it's about you protecting yourself. Think of it as you like building like a field around you with bumpers, I guess, so to speak. Or bouncers, you know, to get into, to you know, bouncers at the door of you, so to speak. And you have those there so that you can have room to love yourself and simultaneously love whoever else is in your life. You get that? So that's exactly what it is. Now that I think about it, it's exactly what it is. It's not about just keeping people out. You can have people come in, but in order for them to get in and to be next to you, you have to say, you have to have your boundaries. Like, hey, I got these boundaries because I need this little room to really love myself and be there for myself. Or I can't be there for you. I can't love you. Simple as that. Like, I have someone in my life that I'm helping right now, and I don't mind it at all. But I have boundaries, too, because in the past, I didn't. And everything was just going because I didn't really understand. I didn't want to come off mean or selfish. But now I have the boundaries. Like I can help you, but best believe that I have to have a little room so that I can be there for myself because I cannot be self-negligent like I was in the past. And that was really hard for me to work through. Not just the toxic relationships, but I'm talking about. I'm talking about in my life in general, just dealing with people. Like self-negligence just made me feel so discombobulated is what I can just say. And that was a healing journey in itself. And that happened for me about three or four years ago. And I remember I took off time from work and everything. Because I'm like, I got to get myself together. I've been so self-negligent. Just thinking about this job. Just paycheck. Thinking about other people. Thinking about what other people need. And trying to be there emotionally for everybody else. I remember during that time, I had like three deaths in the family back to back. And I didn't really cry about any of it. Then one day, I just felt like I wanted to cry. But I never did. And one day I was just laying in my bed and I wrote out, what's wrong? And then I bust out crying because I'm like, there we go. I needed someone to ask me what's wrong. I need to pour all this out. And I started just writing out saying that I was basically self-negligent. I feel like I'm there for everybody else. Nobody's there for me. I feel like I can't go to anybody. I just feel alone. And I was, yeah, I let it all out. And I ain't been back since. I'm, I can't go back. And so, yeah. I didn't think I need to do one on a podcast on boundaries. That's going to come... Um, Coming up, I got that actually on my list. So stick around for that because that's going to be a good one. I got some good shit on that. Um, number four, 
I got a lot of these. Let me speed this up. Okay. Number four, caring for myself. I became more intentional about the way I cared for myself. I kept my appearance up because I liked how it made me feel about myself. And I also relaxed when I felt I wanted to and didn't feel guilty for it. So what that means is that my I, for a while, I took the standards of my mom. Because my mom's a Virgo, bless her heart. And her mindset is always just do it now, do it now. Do, don't be lazy, this and that. Oh, Kendall is lazy. I was called lazy so damn much growing up. And so now that I'm older, I realized it was never that. I just needed more breaks in between. Probably because I'm a, I had ADHD, and I procrastinate, and I want I'm looking for stimulation all the time. I talked about it on my self sabotage podcast before this, but yeah, I had to realize that I need to set standards for my life. My mom is a workaholic. I learned that I don't have to be that way. I can still get shit done. I had to learn, you know, rules for myself and learn how to care for myself according to what I needed. And so this takes time. So take your time and figure out what do you need? You know, ask yourself, what do I need to care for myself? What makes me feel cared for? How can I be better about showing up for myself? So I did that. Number five, I healed my mother wound by repairing to myself. I talked a little about this earlier in the show, but I had to make peace with my upbringing and the type of mother I had and realized that she did the best that she could and that she's the woman first. And yeah, so basically healing that wound helped. I'm going to do a podcast, a whole podcast show on that as well, on healing my mother wounds. And I'm still repairing to myself. That's part of healing the mother wounds is repairing to myself the way that I really needed her to. Because sometimes parents just don't get it. They parent the way that they were parented. My mom was yelled at and talked about like that a lot from my grandma. She was raised like that. So my mom was only doing how she was raised. So something I had to grow to understand. And then with understanding that, I had to change it. And so I reparented myself. Number six is one I love. It's kind of go with me caring for myself. I spent more time with myself alone. And I was all, I'm always have been a loner, but now I guess I've decided that I'm going to make the best of my long time, if that makes sense. That's how I recharge. That's how I come into myself. So I spent a lot of time with myself. This allowed me to really get to know myself without any outside influences. Just me, myself, and I literally. And I spent quality time with myself. And quality time is actually one of my top love languages. And so I use my top love language on myself. So if you don't know, you can look up your top your um, love languages and figure out how to love yourself in that way. Like this, like your love languages, you think, well, it is how you want to be loved and how you feel loved. So that means you can do that for yourself. Like if you like receiving gifts, get yourself some shit, you know. Get yourself some flowers. Don't have to be costly. Get yourself something you've been wanting. Splurge a little bit on yourself. Um, go shopping a little bit. Buy yourself some shoes, a new a new shirt, outfit, some new bundles, weave, whatever. Okay, buy yourself something. Treat yourself. You know, don't you know shortchange yourself. If you like, if you feel loved by receiving gifts, give yourself some shit. If you feel loved by quality time, spend quality time with yourself. Find things you like to do. You know. And so that's something that I really feel that if you get into, it can really be helpful for you. And it's like spending time with yourself. And it seems it's hard at first for women like us that don't really understand that this is what self-love is. But 
Because maybe you're thinking like, okay, is this going to lead to anything? Is this going to help for anything? What this does is like you're pouring into yourself, loving yourself so that when someone else comes along, you won't settle for them loving you less than how you love yourself. So it's like you're building you up and you're doing for you, making yourself feel good so someone can compete with that. Think about it. If you don't do shit for yourself at all, if you don't love yourself at all, if you don't do anything for you, if you don't have compassion for you, any of that for you, that means your bar is really low. Whoever comes to your life, they can do a little bit and then it'd be all oh, the greatest thing because you're not doing anything for yourself, anything at all. And so then that means your bar is a little low and you're going to be treated, you know, mistreated and you're going to go through a, a low quality experience. So that's what that's for. You may not realize you may not get everyone like as you start to love yourself, you'll notice that, OK, it's less people coming to my life. I'm not really getting dates that much or they're not really leading to anything. The dating pool is not going to change just because you're loving yourself. What's going to happen is that you're going to find yourself not in so many damn low quality experiences. You're not going to be, you know, dating the same type of people anymore. Your self-esteem is now higher. So your standards are higher. So you're, you're going to get maybe one date and that's it and realize that it ain't nothing. You're going to come across that a lot. And it may be a little lonely, but wait it out for the one that can love you how you love yourself. Okay. It's, it's worth, it's worth it. That was also something I realized. It's like after going through all that shit that I went through in my past, I'm like, I never want to feel that way again. I never want to go through that again. It's hurtful. I never want to have to deal with that shit. So I've gone through it enough to realize that that wasn't what I wanted. That's what got me to doing all this work on myself. Like, okay, fuck that. I got to get me right. Um, seven, I validated myself and stopped looking for someone to validate me as well. I got comfortable with being misunderstood and realized I didn't need anyone else to agree with me. I learned my perception is valid because it's of me and from me. I can feel how I feel and it's okay. And validating myself means that I had to validate my own opinions, my own standards, what was right for me. And I started really, really, you know, validating me from that space because I'm like, I don't need anyone else to think like me, be like me or anything. But the old me did because I was always looking for external validation. So being different was like, okay, nobody's going to like me or love me. But something else I realized is that I'm not for everyone. Like you are, you're just not. And it can be hard for you to find the one if you're trying to be for everyone. You get what I'm saying? If you're trying to be for everyone, girlfriend, you, you're going to get a bunch of bullshit because it's like you don't really know yourself. So it's okay that you have this group of people over here that's not for you or these people, certain people that's not for you. There's some others that is. You can't have that scarcity mindset with it. I think that's what happens is we're afraid that, you know, elevating and we're afraid that, you know, learning to be alone and all that is going to make it scarce pickings out there. But that's kind of what you want. You don't want to be able to pick from everybody because everybody ain't for you. Everybody don't deserve you. Everybody can't love like you. Everybody can't love you. Everybody can't be there for you. You know, so you're not for everybody. And that's a good thing. Once you become more of your authentic self, you'll realize that everyone is not for you. But the people that are for you are for you in like a big major way. And it's the best feeling to be yourself and have people that are for you. You know? 
Number eight was a good one. I love this one. I set goals and work to achieve them. And even if I didn't achieve them, I tried again and I learned from my mistakes. I didn't down myself for not achieving what I set out to do. That didn't stop me from trying and giving it my all. And so for me, it was me doing this podcast, me doing this brand, this, this, um, I've been that girl, um, everything that I do, that was a goal of mine. And so I set out to achieve it. And when I set out to achieve it and I started seeing me achieve it and I started seeing it grow, that made me feel good. Like, okay, this is the result of my work and something that I'm doing, you know, it started making me feel good about myself. Like, okay. I can do it. I can do anything I put my mind to. And so it can be any little small goal, even if you don't get it at first. Okay, learn from it and keep trying. Pick up and keep going. That's how you develop yourself. That's how you develop your self-love. That's how you develop your self-esteem. That's how you develop confidence. It takes practice to get there. It's a journey to get there. It's not just, oh, I'm there. It is an actual journey. And so give yourself room to get there. Give yourself room to grow. Give yourself room to get better. Give yourself room for yourself love to get higher and higher and higher. Okay. So something else I want to mention about setting goals and working towards them is that the only goal that I used to have was finding love and finding a husband and finding a man. You know, that can't be your only goal in life, girlfriend. That can't be the only thing that you have going for yourself. For women like us, self-love, a big component of it is really, really prioritizing ourselves and really, really making a life for ourselves that we love, that we enjoy. And realizing that doing this is not just going to keep everyone away. It's going to keep the people away that want to bring you down. The people away that don't deserve to be in your space. And so... Yeah, you have to have some goals outside of you and out. I mean, not outside of you have to have some goals outside of having a partner outside of finding love. It's okay to want love. It is okay to want a companion. It's okay to want a partner. I promise you. I'm not saying that this is all for you to, you know, decide that you don't need nobody. No, I'm saying that you want to be a full, whole, complete person. So you have to figure out what it is you want for yourself and your life. Figure out you. Be you. And and be and start really doing that. Have your own goals. I remember after my last toxic relationship, I had gone on a trip to my first trip out of the country and first trip on the plane and all that. Went to Miami with some friends. Then we took a cruise out of Miami, went to the Bahamas. Key West, Florida, all the places, all the things, and, and it was just a lot of fun. And this was me trying to slowly come out of my relationship with my um, ex. And I remember when I got back thinking, like, this is a whole big world out there that I'm damn near missing out on because I'm all focused on finding someone, finding love, which is fine, but I'm like, there's so much more to life. And it got me realizing that. So I remember I came back and he heard I went out of town. He was like, oh, I heard you been on a trip. You balling. Give me some money. Because he knew that I was the type to always be like, whatever I had, I would give him a little bit of it. Ugh, shameful. I know. <laughs> but I wasn't that woman no more. Block. 
I didn't even say anything to him. Block, and that felt damn good. Because I was finally able to block him after that. After realizing there's more to life than this nigga. Okay? And so, yeah, you have to get out and realize that there's a whole life waiting for you. And once you do that, then you find a partner that, you know, is enjoying their life. And you come together and you're just like, you two are enjoying your life. You two are whole 100%. And you're coming to add to one another. And you're coming to enjoy life together. Doing your own life and life together. And it's so beautiful. Feels so good. Because it's like no anxious attachment there. Because you have your life. They have theirs. But you come and do life together. And it's just like. It feels good to be added to. I would say. Better than you know. Trying to find someone to complete you. It feels good to be complete on your own. And someone just to add to it. I promise you. I promise you. So, set some goals for yourself. Do some things for yourself. Get a life of your own. So, therefore, you're not dependent on love or a man or a husband or a partner or anybody to come and make your life better. You know, you can make your life better on your own. You you have a good life. You can make a good life on your own. So, that means whenever you do find a relationship and say if it all goes to shit or it doesn't work out, you know, he's not taking your whole life with him you know you still have your good life to go back to yeah it hurt but how i look at it is like okay i still have my life i still have my good shit going for me i love my brand i love what i do is really growing i love my friends and i have family some family that uh well yeah i have family i like my family <laughs> let me stop i have family but my friends just really get me. I guess that's what it is. And I have a good life, you know? I have a good life to go back to. Yeah, I'd be a little sad. And I'm, I don't even think I would have much to heal from, to be honest. Because uh, something else I realized is that not all relationships end traumatically. It doesn't have to be. If especially if you're not in there trying to make someone love you and then it ends, that's what's traumatic for you. Because you didn't get the goal that you had set out for is making this person fall for you, change for you, love you. That's what makes it traumatic because then you start thinking, okay, I must not be worthy enough. You see how that cycle works? When you're trying to, you know, externally look for something and get that validation, everything you need, and they don't give it to you. So now it's reiterating to yourself, I must not be shit. I must not be worth it. I must not be lovable. That's why you have to find it within first. So you know it's true. And you know that they have to rise up to what you've already set for yourself. It's no longer trying to find it in somebody else. And that's what self-love for us really means and really is about. Do I got some more? Let's see. Number nine. I'm about wrapping it up, y'all. Um, I've been talking y'all ear off, but I be having so much to say. Like, I'm a talker when I talk about something I really love. The next one is... Number nine, I used my own wisdom, took my own advice. Instead of checking in with others or seeking advice, I checked in with myself. And this helped me to create my own wisdom and become someone I could depend on. It also helped me to be more of my authentic self. This one was kind of hard because I was used to hearing outside influences, but I started, you know, really going with what I felt. Do I feel good about this? What I feel is for real. Because it's sure used to someone telling you how you should feel, especially in your upbringing. I was used to somebody telling me how I should feel, what I should do, where I should go, how it should be. So I started really checking in with me because it's in there. It's it's in you to you decide what's best and what feels right. 
even if it doesn't feel right to outside people, even if they think something differently. We're all different and we're all going to think differently. But what I feel and think for my life is what matters. And so I built my own wisdom that way. And that's how I'm able to be this woman I am now when I was that woman going through all that toxic shit in my relationships. So, and number 10, I reprogrammed and conditioned thoughts about myself. This is something I kind of mentioned before, but I just mentioned it's the last thing on the journey because this is really, really important for women like us. Is that, for example, I was told I was a crybaby and I grew to learn that I just expressed my emotions and my emotionally unavailable parents didn't want to feel inadequate for not being able to handle my emotions. And I also talked about how I was called mean growing up and looking back, I realized it was just boundaries. And so I just learned to recondition those thoughts and revisit them and realize what it really was and that it really wasn't what others made it be. And so that also can make you love yourself, begin to love yourself because you were made to hate yourself for what they thought about you. But you can grow to realize that, okay, this is what I think about me and this is what it is. And you can grow to love yourself that way. But that's all I got for self-love for women like us. You know, don't listen to anyone while you're on this journey, girlfriends, that tells you that, oh, it's not that hard. You should just way you do it. Uh, why are you doing that? Or make fun of you for the relationships you've been in. Like, that's why I really started this. Because I remember seeing so many people talk shit on the women in social media. The women, the celebrities, the celebrity women that you see that go through toxic relationships. Like, oh, she needs to love herself. Why is she in that relationship? Why is she do that? Why is she do that? And this and that. And they was just always talking so bad about people like that and I'm like it's not what y'all think I knew I wasn't a celebrity but I knew I'd been through something similar to the celebrities and I'm just like I want to be divorced from women like us I want to speak up for us because I'm like it's not like we just want to be in relationships like this we are just learning differently than maybe you and so yeah that's why I did it and that's why I do what I do because I really feel like I gotta speak up for women like us and I'm gonna always do that so that's the end of my podcast for self-love for women like us. I hope you found some helpful tips in here. Um, yeah. Once again, you can check out my Patreon for one-on-one coaching. And I also have hundreds of podcasts, bonus episodes on there. And I do spur the moment episodes on there throughout the week, like two or three episodes a week. And I usually put them on there. Like if something comes to me about what I'm talking about now, I'll put it on there. So you can check that out in the link below for my Patreon and check out my Instagram too. Post on there daily. Have 113,000 followers on there. And yeah, check out my YouTube to see this video. If you're listening to it on Spotify, check out my YouTube video. And I have some other YouTube videos on there. But check me out, y'all. But that's all I got, girlfriends. Until the next podcast episode, peace out. Out.